It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio. This is the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing fantastic here in St. John's, Newfoundland. Another beautiful, sunny day. Beautiful. Yeah, it was a great day here in Toronto. We've had stunning weather here in Toronto the last few days, like summer. (laughs) I know, it was awesome. You're awesome. Uh, please send your comments, questions, and weather reports to at Songtalk Radio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Feedback at songtalk.ca for the email, and we'll share your thoughts here on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode, to find links to resources we mentioned, and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the, sh- the songs uh, that we feature. And uh, before we get to uh, tonight's um, guest, uh, just a, a little interesting article I, I happen to see on the social medias um, about um, uh, Bono from U2 apologizes for the 2014 iTunes album dump and calls it an overreach. So uh, Bono was quoted um, in his in his new upcoming memoir, which he's which he's releasing uh, uh, called Surrender: Forty Songs, One Story. It's going to be released on on November first this year. Um, he said. Uh, um, that he takes full responsibility for for the gaff. Um, uh, I thought if we could put, if we, I thought if we could just put our music within reach of people, they might choose to reach out towards it. Not quite. As one social media wisecracker put put it, woke up this morning to find Bono in my kitchen, drinking my coffee, wearing my dressing gown, reading my paper, or the less kind, the free U2 album is overpriced. Mia culpa. So. <laughs> How many how many years did that take, Phil? Twenty fourteen till now. You know, I have to admit, I thought it was a terrible situation. I mean, I suddenly had music on my phone that I didn't ask for. You know, it was terrible. I mean, take that, Syrian refugees. Yeah. You know, it's I I wasn't it wasn't the greatest thing, but uh, people made such a huge deal out of it, and I don't quite understand why. If that's the worst thing that you have to worry about in a day, that's a good day. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. There's been a lot of um, kind of anti-U2 stuff happening in the last little while. And I don't really understand that. I mean, I've never been a huge fan. I mean, I like sort of their later stuff. Um, I didn't like the, you know, um, there's that album that had America on it. I just, Mm. I did not like that one. But, um, you know, I think he's a great lyricist and they're a great, they're a great band and they do great live shows. You know, they never got drunk and and chewed up hotel rooms or do anything like that so i i have i have have a lot of time for them i have no problem yeah yeah yeah, me too i mean i don't i'm not a huge uber fan i think you know joshua tree and actual baby to me are like two of the greatest albums ever and um but past that but no not a huge fan of of most of their stuff i remember when this this thing dropped i was like great it popped in my itunes i've heard people say that they've tried to delete it and it won't delete i've never deleted it but i've also it also just sort of rolls into everything else in my itunes (laughs) like it didn't really bother me um uh, as as such but um yeah i mean I, i do have a lot of time for them and i do respect them a lot as a band but yeah. it's the typical thing they get you know of any band that gets too popular people always accuse them of selling out and that's true and then it becomes cool to hate them you know Coldplay, Nickelback, Imagine Dragons for some reason I don't know where that one you know it's like you know if, if we I would like if to I, state 
I would like to state publicly that um, here at Song Talk Radio, we are quite willing to sell out. So um, send in your offers to uh, feedback at songtalk.ca and uh, we'll sell out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll totally sell out. And we're, we're quite willing to have Nickelback, U2, or Imagine Dragons. Even Imagine Dragons. We Even Imagine Dragons, show. yes. If, if you guys are <laughs> listening, <laughs> happy to have you. <laughs> Just fill out the form and uh, yeah, we'll let you know. <laughs> see if you're qualified enough. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. But um, yeah, but we'll, we'll look forward to, um, we'll look forward to, to uh, Bono's uh, memoir. Which is which is releasing on November first, so it should be an interesting thing at least. It's, it's interesting that that Spin spun this this article about his, you know, he's releasing a memoir. Shouldn't that have been the headline instead of yeah, really apologizes for that twenty fourteen album? I did hear that one of the reasons he wears sunglasses all the time is because he's actually he has um degenerative uh, sight thing. His sight is kind oh, of really? failing. I did not. I did not so. know that. So he wears sunglasses at night. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they are a Christian band, but they don't push it too much, which I know, which I like. It's, I think I might've heard that somewhere, but it's, it's not out in the front. No, certainly. apparently they have like prayer meetings before um, the shows and all that, which, oh. you know, it's fine. I think they're great songwriters and they had yeah, a lot of hits. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okie dokie. All right. Enough about you too. Let's get on to some better stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're happy to have a, uh, um, Canadian Americana Roots Band Bywater Call um, tonight. And uh, here's a little bit of their song, Left Behind. Incredible vocals and musicianship, Canadian Americana Roots Band, Roots Band Bywater Call has made their unprecedented mark on the Canadian and international blues roots scene with their brand new album, Remain. From explosive television performances to radio play across the country, their distinctive sound blending rock, Americana, and soul is highlighted by the explosive vocal talent of lead singer Megan Parnell, with a voice coined as one of the, quote, best in roots and blues today by, Amer by European press, often compared to Susan Tedeschi. Their debut album in 2019 spent 11 weeks at number one on the Roots Music Canada charts and was prominently featured on Stingray, Global TV's Your Morning, and Canadian Campus Radio. Tonight, we're happy to have Bywater Call's primary songwriters and uh, um, Megan Parnell and uh, Dave Barnes. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks hey. for having us. Awesome to have you. So... You got you got uh, we we we've seen of course the press photo of your band that has seven people but you guys are the the primary uh songwriters. You you did the two of you do all the songwriting in the band or is the is, is there more collaboration among the other members? Yeah, we uh we come up with the nebulous of the idea, the uh the the basic uh floor plan and then we bring it to the guys um to get their their flavor and their uh their additions to the song so uh, it's never it's never fully composed before we bring it in mm -hmm. 
So, is, but is that really like an, a band arrangement thing? Like the bones of the song remain the same or or do they, you know, make suggestions for like melody changes, chord changes, lyric changes, anything like that? Not so much, like lyrics primarily sit with Dave and I, but um, yeah, definitely like song structure changes, uh, chord chords chord structures yeah they it's have something, a lot to do with that. they'll notice things that i might miss like you know dave you did that one already like that you use <laughs> you use the, the flat seven you know six thing and, and it's like oh right okay and like or you know where or, or we used it as an ending on this song and i might miss that just because i'm in a different key or whatever and just focus on doing so um yeah and then plus like sometimes things are just redundant they're like do we need the two bars of of this thing and and then we'll so they definitely have like a, a hand in the arrangement, like you said, but also just like the identity of things where, you know, maybe less is more sometimes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, and are any of those little details. Are they doing, yeah. um, are the horn horn uh, folk uh, doing the, their own arrangements? Yeah. 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 So Steve and Julian will, uh, will, will write the parts. Yeah. Send them home with homework. They usually come back with something pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are like, yeah, sounds great. Okay, so I, how does it work then between the the two of you? Is it uh, lyrics and music, or you guys collaborate on both? Or, uh, well, most of the time a song starts with Dave and uh, a chord structure, and sometimes a really like basic melody idea um, that he'll send to me or bring over to me, um, and I'll try to come up with just something to put on top of that melody and lyrics-wise, and then it's just a bunch of bouncing back and forth, what we're liking about it, what we don't like about it, and why, um, and how to how to change it and make it more of what we're kind of envisioning. Once in a while, I'll come up with a, a chord idea, but it's usually really, really basic, so then he'll take it and make it it's cooler. Good good. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and you, you, you're a guitarist? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I do. So, yeah. The uh, the song that you're uh, we're going to be talking about today, it sounds very live. Like it's it's a it's a long song. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost six minutes long, which you know these days is is really long. Is do you do tend to do sort of longer sort of live feeling type things, or do you do work in different lengths? Or that song live is ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So self-indulgent. Yeah. 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 We, we try to do whatever, um, you know, whatever fits the tune. Um, there isn't a focus on, typically there isn't a focus on like the, you know, people sometimes comment on the, the three minute radio window. Mm. Uh, most of our songs are longer. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not good at writing three minute songs. It doesn't no. Seem. I mean, we don't approach it with a like, we don't really expect to get much radio play. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we 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 base it more around kind of the feeling of the tune and whatever length that takes us to. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and certainly for a blues-based, I think it's very heavily stepped, steeped in blues, even though there's a bit of Americana rock and everything in there. And then yeah, the, the, there's not there's not necessarily an expectation from your audience that songs are short and snappy, necessarily yeah. like, like like pop songs. But your song also has like there's a lot of words and there's long. I don't want to say drawn out melodies, but the melodies are are not short and snappy. They're they're some of them um, do do span like a couple of bars, and that all adds up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And plus, <laughs> and, and plus, having a big band like that, you want to have strong instrumental sections, which you mm. which you also have, so that lengthens the song. I mean, there's lot there's lots of. It's not that I, 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 we we talked about this on the show before that you know like what what constitutes a long song. 
is not like a, a three minute song can be a long song if it's boring and has very few changes. Yeah. Right? Your song is six minutes long, but it's constantly moving. Your, your melodies are going places, instrumental bits. This, you know, stuff is constantly changing in it. So it's never boring, you know, and, and yeah. it, it, it yeah. keeps the listener engaged. So you can, you know, you know, would, would, you know, Stairway to Heaven is a long song, but it ain't boring. <laughs> Actually, sure. several movements within the piece. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So have you always written this kind of, uh, this sort of style of music or have you come from different uh, roots or? I think the first band that we really seriously wrote for both of us was Bywater Call. So um, uh, we, uh, most of the guys in the band and myself are Humber grads. And uh, so we, that's a local Toronto music school here. Um, great, great program. And so out of school, we were doing uh, event bands for a really long time. Uh, just mm. playing playing music on the scene and uh and with a you know with a deep desire to do our own thing and write the kind of stuff that we really liked but uh it kind of took a while to work up the nerve so mm. you know, when we finally did it, it you know you know six or eight years had gone by since since we graduated or whatever and uh and then I, I think we we eventually a friend of ours uh had a a live event that he needed an opening band for. And he said, like, you know, kind of put it to us. Like, you keep saying you want to do this. Well, here's your shot, right? Give me 20 minutes as an opening band or something. And we did it. And that was the beginning of uh, Bywater Call. One thing I've often wondered with bands with uh, many, many people is, you know, I was in a, I was in a trio and it could be a, a bit of a challenge getting three people to be able to show up at the same time. And I, when I was younger, I'd, wasn't a band with more people and the only time we actually ever got together was on stage are you able to actually have every everyone in in a rehearsal room at the same time or is there always sort of it's not easy uh, everybody's pretty busy um but everybody's also willing to carve time out for the project so that's really good and then we're actually getting back into the songwriting process now. So we're, we're talking about the best way to kind of approach that. And, and yes, jamming and working stuff out in person is important, but we also think it's a really good tool to be able to pass the tune back and forth while everybody's at home and has a minute to think about it. So we could be like, okay, here's like the skeleton of the song. We're really missing something on the keys. Can you just sit down for 20 minutes at home and send us back a couple ideas hmm. um, instead of everybody sitting in a room and, and you know, hemming and hawing yeah. together. So Definitely it's kind a of a combination. To get, yeah, to get seven people in the room at the same time. But we do, we, you know, the guys make time for it. So it does happen often. Uh, and then we'll do things nice. like do a, do a five-piece rehearsal or a four-piece rehearsal sometimes if, hmm. you know, depending on who can make it. I think I think you and I have been in all of the rehearsals, probably. Yeah, Actually, sometimes not no, even you. Yeah, that. sometimes just the rhythm <laughs> section. So you know, whatever works on a given week. Yeah. And when when you when you deliver the the skeleton of the song to to the other band members, is it like obviously there's a recording of you guys just performing it just as a duo, right? But is there is there also like a lead like a lead sheet, but at least you know a sheet with the lyrics and the chord changes and everything yeah. is kind of mapped out for everybody? Is that something you do? Yeah, I'll hammer out a chart often, um, usually via Sibelius, just like put together like the basic uh, the basic roadmap just to get, because I want to quickly move on from like when the C7 the is coming movie. up into, well, what should we do with the C7? I want to spend very little time because the they're all pro musicians. So I, I want to spend the minimum amount of time on 
the A to Z and much more time on the what should we do to make the pre-chorus interesting. So uh, the chart kind of helps. And they'll absorb the music and memorize it in their own time. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, to me, that's a very important thing. Like I'm, I'm in a band and when we we tend to do that as well, if even, even if it is, you know, my lead singer chicken scratching it on the back of a sheet, you know, one of us, me or the bass player will take it and, you know, type it up with the, with the, the latest version of the lyrics. And, and then yeah. we have, and we have a reference point for our next rehearsal, you know, when we're working out stuff that everyone's got the same copy and everyone's got the same, you know, we're all on the same page, literally. Yeah, <laughs> what chord goes where when that might change anyway. So it's just like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And of course, and then of course things do change, but everyone can chicken scratch their copy and then do another revision um, after that, which is cool. When you're writing, are you ever thinking about, you know, not so much a radio play, but the streaming services like um, you know Spotify and 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 the, and the like, because of the way people listen to songs there is very different. They'll often just listen to, you know, the first little bit, and that's why everyone wants to have the chorus like you know within, you know, like ten seconds or something, which seems kind of madness to me. Do you ever think about those kinds of things? Or are you just sort of writing it almost from a, a purely stylistic uh, standpoint? I mean, we, we needed a little reining in, in terms of that, you know, we had, uh, uh, our producer Renan was just like, okay, we think that this tune could get some play on radio or on, you know, could be a feature for, for Spotify. We should get to the point a lot earlier. And so some of our intros got cut down because of that. Yeah. Um, but we really kind of needed a, a perspective to, to kind of make those decisions like when we're writing we're not thinking about that yeah that um, comes later but when it, we get closer to the end point of going into the studio there's kind of like yeah what are these final little bits and pieces and some of that's like do you really need a 45 second introduction to this tune right <laughs> yeah you need to start with a soul well, I, I did notice with with this song, it, it at least starts. It starts with the instrumental of the chorus. Like it starts with that, yeah. that's that, right. that kind of riff, and it puts the energy of the chorus right up front. Yeah, which is cool. And it didn't always. That was actually a change. Like we. Oh, really? Okay. We, there was there was more non lyrical content before that part. There was a really for that part that got. It's like, can we please just <laughs> let's start the song? Like, yeah, which is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it still says been long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, at one point, you know, you were supposed to have eight bars of intro because the DJ would talk over the beginning. So that was really important. Yeah. That's not so much of an issue now, but it's uh, it's interesting to see how the media will change the formats of songs, you know, and how how short and simplistic the sea song, uh, song songs can be. And this was such a nice uh, breath of fresh air because it's not, you know, like a three minute pop song i mean it's like a full thing it's and that's why i said it sounded like uh something that you would put together live because it's it doesn't seem like this would be something that someone would sit down and write you know there's, there's a different kind of process when someone's writing on their own and writing sort of a song versus sort of a band thing which has life and growth and you know it would be hard unless you have a fantastic vision it would be hard to kind of to predict the way you know, the song kind of builds, you know, without an experience with a real band. Yeah, um, definitely. I, like, the tune in general, I think, goes all over the place. And it was uh, it was inspired by like a few different 
um, uh, uh, what should we just say, Insp uh, influences of ours, like our artists that we really love. Um, so we were trying to grab these different sort of feelings from those songs and like kind of hodgepodge together our own, you know, unique thing for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely kind of sprawling. Probably one of the longer ones on the record, but not Maybe. the longest. Yeah. But all, I mean, that, that kind of structure for us, because it, the song takes a journey, really. And that's that's something we really enjoy doing. Um, and we've been we've been milking that even more in our live performances, but hmm. you know, you don't get an opportunity to do that as much when you're recording. So with this tune, we really thought that that was an important part of the tune. So to take yeah. it out would have, I don't know, you'd be missing a big, a big piece of it. Yeah. You guys talk a little bit about the the lyric development. Cause I'm, I'm curious, you know, if, if, if Dave, you're coming up with, you know, a cool riff on the guitar and a cool chord pad and then, and then hand it over to Megan and then Megan, do you, do you always sort of listen listen closely to the music and say what does what kind of emotion does this evoke in me and that's going to inspire the lyric or do you already have you know uh, pages upon pages of lyrics written and you think oh this might fit well with that or how, how does that how does that inception work? Um, they generally are, are are developed for whatever kind of vibe and chord structure and, and whatever that Dave has come up with. This one in particular started with the verse. We had that like kind of swampy feel on the verse. And I think like the first lyric I came up with was the first lyric of the tune, which just felt it ain't easy. It just felt easy in that. So then just kind of going with that. Um, we wrote the chorus together on that. I think you and I sat down a lot and back and forth to that chorus quite a bit. Yeah. So what we were talking about yesterday, and one of the things we do a lot was when with all writing, and I, for me, I feel like it's how good songs are written. Although it's just my only, it's my only, uh, only the way I know to do it. Yeah, exactly. The chorus. So I've got the chords. They're kind of this descending slide thing, bah, 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 and I'm like, I'm hearing, uh, and I'm that's that's how we would write. That's how we write almost all our hooks. Is I I mm. sing some mumbled garbage non-words and then i start to try to find the syllable structures that will actually I, keith richards talked about this about this in his book with mick he's like you can't just put anything in there this this the syllables have to fit perfectly to make the chorus the hook you know interesting mm -hmm. or you hear songwriters all the time trying to stuff uh english or whatever their personal language is into a song and it doesn't work it's all right right angles or elbows or whatever you would say so uh yeah for for hooks and, and for writing that's huge is we'll be like what about something like you know and we'll sing a a non-word uh melody with but but still it has like sounds or poke peeking out of it in the corners actually what'll happen a lot is there'll be like a general sound that we kind of know fits and i'll be working upstairs and you'll be downstairs and we'll we'll be on like messenger or something be like what about this in that place yeah <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah it'll just kind of you know brainstorming yeah. little ideas that come to us now that we have that kind of sound in our head and when, and when you're doing that you have no conception about what the the grand idea for the song is like like what the song is about yeah i mean i think we i think we had for this one there was I, like i said i had started with a verse so there was kind of a, a vibe to the tune um you know, somebody that's just maybe having a hard time and uh, 
is lost and you know, is lost following the crowd of people who they think is like successful and what they're supposed right, to be right. doing and just taking whatever I had come up with in that moment for the verse um, and finding a chorus that was catchy and impactful that fit into that puzzle. Yeah. Meg always has a theme she's, she's trying to, to expand on. That's not really my, uh, my department. So she, she okay. had a, uh, an idea. Um, and then I think the hook, we just turned it on its head. So we were like, we made it, the idea is positive, right? So yeah, the break away. Lost and left behind. It's yeah. a good thing. Let's not go with the crowd. I think is the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And you both have gone to Humber. Is that correct? Not me. Not Meg. Um, but, uh, most of the, uh, of Bywater Call, um, and Meg was just like, a. a a recommendation from a friend of a, as a great singer. Uh, oh, nice. A long time ago. <laughs> I, I will say, and this is super controversial, but, you know, do with it what you can. Humber is an amazing program to teach instruments mm-hmm. to do what they do. That's specifically the jazz program, is it? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, now it's changed a lot, but okay. I don't think you can really teach a vocalist to sing. You can teach them the technical mm-hmm. aspects of singing, but that's not going to create a Billie Holiday or like a even a you know Megan Fernella. That's kind of or you know conversely you you know say someone like Tom Waits. It's like you have to find a way to find that they can't teach yeah. you that either. You know what I mean? Mm. But it, when you're when you're taking away the mechanics of things, um, it's not so it's not so simple. Um, so with vocalists, it's kind of for me it was always like they either have it for what I'm looking for, they have it or they don't. Mm. And Meg instantly had it when we. Mm-hmm. This, this girl's fantastic, you know. That being said, I kind of wish in a way I had some of that. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, still super helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're right. The 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 the, the quoi part is kind of, you know, and every and every the thing is like every singer like there there are many. You said this film many times. There are a lot of technically great singers that just aren't that interesting <laughs> like they have no yeah. they, 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 your, your personality comes through you can yeah. be technically imperfect but if your personality shines through and and your vibe and your and your character the character yeah. of your of your of your voice and your delivery is unique and 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 interesting then that's way better than a technically perfect singer for Absolutely. sure yeah yeah i'm such, i'm a huge tom waits fan so i certainly agree neil young like that. neil young oh yeah yeah. 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 There's definitely like like Tom's and Tom's story is so interesting where he started off as like like a Sinatra S crooner and then yeah. started Oh really? I didn't know. That. Oh yeah, that's like in the beginning, in the early days, he was very like and then he almost kind of made fun of that, like when he like it's a Frank's wild years and stuff. He's almost yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. This is just my impression, but it, it seems like he was kind of like teasing himself for going down that road because at this point he's got this full broken glass, you know, gargle voice, just yeah. like the brass yeah. sound you can get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like well, my, my point is there is you still couldn't teach somebody how to do that, but no, you no. wouldn't necessarily have to be an incredibly technically trained singer to come up with that on your own, I guess. No, was, no. Yeah. No, that, that's really just him. I'm assuming anyway, that's him just revealing his true self. Yeah. Personally, <laughs> it's just, just him being him because if he was making stuff up or he just 
had too many cigarettes and whiskey over the years. <laughs> turned into that. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for Tom Waits. I can't all listen to him saying I'm one of those people. Oh, really? You're one of those people? He grates on me and and that makes it so I can't even pay attention to the lyrics because I just can't stand his voice. Wow. <laughs> wow. So now how do we how, how do we all feel about um Leonard Cohen? I, I was Leonard. I was I just love, thinking Leonard Cohen, yeah. I love Leonard oh. Cohen. Yeah. Okay. I, I even I, I can even I, I, I even like I'm not a big Neil Young fan either, and I think he's a perfectly great singer. Tom Waits is a fine singer. It's just it's just one of those things. You don't like the style, yeah. I like his style. It's like Billie Eilish. Like everyone's going nuts over how unique the music is. I'm like, sure, it's unique music. I can't stand the mumbling vocals. Oh really? Yeah. You just yeah. can't. <laughs> like there's no consonants in her vocals. Like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a singer that I really, really don't like. And oh, maybe sure there's maybe it's a good thing that I don't. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, of course, in the music industry, you're always, you know, <laughs> you're always talking to someone. But well, it's it's interesting because it, one of the things I liked about this tune is you're not trying to chase a trend. You're just kind of doing what you want. Yeah, and it's you know I think there's certainly like a like an audience for it. And um, but you're not trying to be Billie Eilish or whatever it is, because by the time it comes out, the trend has already gone by. So it's never good. Yeah. And we just don't it, it, like it's for what we want to put out there that that kind of music, although I appreciate it, doesn't resonate with us like the whole thing. No. You know, we want to enjoy what we're doing. And, and there's a certain um, vibe that we're going for. And that's yeah. the whole reason we're doing this. So it, it, not conforming to the thing that's the yeah. thing today. I find it hard to believe that that um I don't know like I, I have I guess I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder on when it comes to that is it, it it feels impossible for me to be for someone to be at the top of the pops so uh, so to speak and not constantly have to you know meet with the the faculty of of accounting and and statistics and go okay so the next song you had great numbers on. It's like, what are we doing here? Is this math? It's like, mm -hmm. how could it not always be? When does creativity stop and sales begins? And I think in the last 20 years of music, we've had to ask that question millions of times. We don't, you know, we have no ambition beyond like, let's make a good song and a good album and hopefully people hopefully will like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no... Uh, I mean, there's the, no the, the thing I've heard lately, and by lately, I mean what you mean last 20 years or so, maybe a little bit less than that, but I've heard, you know, you need to find your niche audience. There's no such thing anymore as mm. appealing to the the wide masses, but like a lot of people like blues and roots music. You've got to find yeah. those people. There's a community. Uber fans out of them. <laughs> and and in within this community, there's like, there's definitely mega stars that are like, you know, that have blown up uh, over the last 20 years. I mean, I'd put Amy Winehouse in that camp. Uh, Sharon mm -hmm. Jones, the Black Pumas, mm -hmm. uh, Tedeschi Trucks, Marcus King. These people are doing incredibly well in this wheelhouse. Uh, yeah. We're fans of all of those artists. And then, you know, Man, uh, Kanye puts out a new record and I go, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <It's not laughs> no relationship with that at all. You know, like, no, I don't no, know. No. You you know, know I might hear it in the, on the in store and be like, yeah, it's catchy. You know, and I'll, I'm willing to give it that. And then, like Phil was saying, that you know, whatever whatever trend that's on, it's going to fall off, and something else will be right. On top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you guys are consistent with what you're doing, and your fans love you for it, then what's the what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. Personally, I'm waiting for the polka revival. Yeah. 
We were just talking about that. That Weird Al is like actually an award-winning polka yeah, artist. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. There you go. Oh, yeah. And, and Steve Martin it. is an award-winning uh, banjo it's also, This also came up in the same yes. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why not? And here we are with no awards. What's going no. on? <laughs> <laughs> Monday. <laughs> Didn't we get top 20 podcast on something? Some list? Oh, we did, yes. <laughs> it's something, <laughs> you know? All right. Okay, when, why don't we take a... What's that? My mom likes this. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if we share our stuff around, we could have like we could double our fan count, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. The, three, the four of us. Cross <laughs> pollinate. Yeah. Okay, why don't we take a full listen to uh, Left Behind, and then we'll uh, talk about it some more. Sounds good. Here we go.
Awesome. Haven't listened to that in a really long time. (laughs) More is more school. (laughs) (laughs) Was was that literally recorded live off the floor, your whole band? Practically. Uh, Many parts of it. Many parts of our overdubs, though, especially the the backgrounds, certain guitars. Okay, Uh, but the but the bones of it certainly. Yeah, yeah. All the rhythms. The bass, drums, my vocals. Yeah. Some of the guitar, the horns. Oh, and and I think on this one, all the keys, I think, okay. came yeah. from that session. And yeah. no metronome, just like go. Oh no, there's, there's, a, there's a click. Yeah, there yeah. is a click. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. even even the, the even the, the bridge at the same tempo. I think we I think we did the automate thing where we did, okay. So you did slow it. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow, that's that's hard to do actually. Yeah, I mean we played it a lot uh, up to that point. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the. Uh, yeah the, well maybe not but the tempo change was very um well we did it might be like a it might be a true modulate like like a true modulation of, of tempo i don't know like if it's like an actual our drummer would wow. be, you know yeah, yeah yeah very cool though it certainly sounds like it's live off the floor yeah that's why i'm surprised like i'm a 
I'm not a huge fan of the click because I find the click can kind of rob the energy, especially if, you, if you're in a band that never plays with a click. Going into the studio and playing the click is the worst thing you can do because you don't know what you're doing. That's, you know, you should you should capture what you do when you play, you know? But Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, I, I, I really agree, especially when you, if you've ever taken one of those classic, you know, Motown tracks or, or any oh, of those, yeah. the 80s and dumped it into your, your DAW. It's like, and, and, and have the, you know, whatever logic or Pro Tools analyze it. It's like, whoa, <laughs> we started at 90 and we ended up at 108, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. There's an 18 BPM change over the cross of the tune, but it just feels good through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you've got a bunch, because I mean, music is relative, right? You, you know, intervals and everything, rhythms are relative. So if you've got a band that's tight and can play together, it doesn't yeah. matter what the external externally applied tempo is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of guys and gals that can play well together that's what counts <laughs> i think that i i i think i i tried to do some things like that and the powers that be were kind of like guys we well we, we I need think... to be able to have that insurance that if we need to change something it can be changed that's what I was gonna say. Right? like which you can't do if you're not a click no no and and we and, and the, the band i'm in we we actually i am the drummer for the band and we actually oh, cool. struggled with that a lot and and what we could we have a couple songs that the chorus kind of it, it does speed up we do speed up in the chorus and that's what we naturally mm -hmm. did and it sounds good that way if we tried to apply one single tempo through the verse and chorus the verse was either too fast or the, the chorus was either too too slow, like clearly, right? So what we did is what is what you did. We we automated the tempo and but but each verse is the same. Each uh, chorus is the same, and the, the bridge is a slightly different tempo, but it's, it's kind of it's kind of rounded off. Yeah. Right? For sure. And then we had a click to that just just for that reason that you could, if you needed to copy and paste one one guitar note <laughs> from one yeah. verse to another you could do yeah. that and it would still be in time or one two beats or something like that so it you know we're still we we, we never did finish that recording project because the pandemic kind of went <laughs> on it <laughs> but Absolutely. but yeah. it, it, they're, they're they're what i'm basically saying is there's there's a lot of gray area between this is a strict tempo and this is completely loose mm. there is there is a happy middle ground um that you can you can use there. Yeah, for Very sure. Cool. I thought the chorus was really interesting because in the first chorus, the last line goes up, which mm. which is interesting because you normally expect that you feel like you would expect that last line to go down, but in the second chorus, it actually goes down, which then feeds into the the bridge nicely. Yeah, but it was but it was great because you're always sort of expecting it, and then it's sort of like it's different than what you thought, which I thought was so cool. The chords are different, so that was part of it. Yeah. So you've mm. got in the key center, it's like flat seven, like kind of four one, and then the verses start on the five chord and resolve to one. So that's probably the up, and right. the bridge starts on the one chord on the G, I think. So yeah. So lost and left behind, or in the five chord, and then on the way down, we're we're going down to just the the tonic so so yeah i get like these little things that just kind of take you on a, a bit of a journey it, it's interesting when when the lost and left behind goes down lost and left behind goes down it's actually the the same melody as the intro to the chorus the bum 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 yeah yeah which yeah. always goes down <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> right but then but then you know then as soon as i picked up on that and then all the other choruses <laughs> at the end of the, the vocal it, melody it does up, it did i thought in a nice way feed into kind of that that drop you know, the whole band pretty much, or a lot of the band dropping out into that bridge. 
yeah yeah is, is, is that a kind of a typical bridge for you guys you can really strip it down and then and then really gradually ramp it back up it's a really long bridge yeah yeah it's, it's, it's like this time good. building which is really cool <laughs> yeah definitely one of my favorite tricks in, in in is to use those dynamics whenever possible it's kind of a live trick this mm -hmm. felt a bit like uh the i mean you know, obviously that's a masterpiece and this is just our song but the, there's a bit of a layla at the end there right where mm. there's yeah and it comes down to the dun, dun, dun. so yeah. those kind of ideas um i love them and i love them in a live show i don't especially when because we'll use this this section now can open up as a vehicle for solos or whatever and, and you can build things from there um it's really hard for me to have the the endurance to like when we're already here and then it's like and now there's going to be a long solo at this intensity for a long time it's like oh really we're just staying here at like mm. 10 out of 10 for the for the next five minutes and then mm -hmm. and the last course is going to kick in 11 out of 10 and then that's you know it's like like after a while it's like okay <laughs> you gotta you gotta have those peaks and valleys i think yeah yeah for sure yeah. one of the things i've i've become more acutely aware more recently is that a lot of my favorite songs the bridge is actually the high point energy high energy point of the oh, song. yeah not the chorus for sure. the bridge is actually the high point of the of, of the song and we've we're going to be doing a, a special show just talking about bridges um cool. uh, shortly yeah. in, in the future and 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 it's kind of and it's kind of funny because i've even written songs like that but it wasn't on purpose we just sort of made the bridge brighter and bigger and then it comes back and then the energy actually comes back down for the last chorus that's awesome yeah yeah definitely you know, so it, it, it's 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 it, it you know you can work it many different ways obviously yours you know this song is, is very different and that it, it goes down and then ramps back up yeah um but but still there's i mean there's so many ways to do it right? <laughs> and play with the energy the energy I mean, the bridge did you have that felt like that you sort of explored the beginning of the bridge sort of as a band like it felt like that's kind of the thing a band would do as opposed to someone sitting down and you know charting out uh, mm. yeah. the chords was that sort of done from from working on it live or we we were jamming at our drummer's place kind of working out the um you know bits and pieces of this tune and we knew we wanted to go to a bridge and i you kind of had something in your idea about going to piano i think but then our keys player kind of took something on there and it just it felt right he just started playing that uh right post second chorus i i, I an often songwriting I, I don't know i don't want to say mistake but i guess part of the process is as if i can get an intro first chorus verse chorus i'm bringing it to the band and then i'll let mm. you know what i mean it's like yeah. that last chunk is gonna be we're gonna figure okay. it out together yeah, yeah. so there we got there and i'm like that's all i've got and he just started noodling that opening piano bit i'm like that that's great let's go with that and so you know kudos to alan on that one it was awesome um but yeah you're right it wasn't that was not composed plus i'm not a piano player so things like that i find uh mm. I, piano i think is such a fundamental instrument and i really need to make the time to learn it but um just to have the the, the chops to kind of get through but, yeah uh, short, short of doing like really quiet picking on the guitar i don't know <laughs> you're right though yeah. the piano is a totally different yeah i think i just like bass drums piano especially with organ and stuff i i'm not a huge <laughs> you know that song aside i'm not the biggest proponent of an massive guitars all the time like mm -hmm. i i I almost always, I never want to really be the guy uh, who's, you know, there's always, always like one Lynch 
what do they call it? Linchpin instrument that's kind of carrying the whole uh, mm-hmm. harmonic. Like somebody's got the lead, right? And the other instruments are kind of falling in. There's the singer on top. Yeah. Um, I never want to be the guy. I always want like the piano to do it or something. Um, so, and that's a great example of that that section. Yeah, yeah. And, and and meanwhile, the guitar riffs in this song are are tremendous. They're great. Yeah, big, 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 loud sounds. Like that's a big yeah. one on that record, as opposed to like you know, remain or let me be wrong. Some of the other tracks from that album that are like very small and mild, you know, more more minimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do kind of more ballady things once in a while? Oh yeah, big time. Like we 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 really love uh, like just the like. I love all those classic records, which are a journey of like a huge song. And then it's like, they bring it down for a couple and then you get another big one. And then, yeah. Peaks and valleys. I think that's like tension and release is huge with, with writing like, um, and, and going to shows too, when you go to those shows where they just like, they beat you up, like, you know, yeah. power metal, you know, not metal, but massive song, massive song, massive song. Ma- I'm like, okay. It's just like, after a while. <laughs> yeah, I need to go lay down. I'm like this is this is too much. Yeah, yeah. But you need those moments to breathe. I think that's good. I, I really love the um I think my favorite lyric in this is in the middle of the bridge. Sell your heart for another easy day, sell your soul for another great escape, sell your mind for another ball and chain. And <laughs> it's just it's just so good. And the the um I mean the whole the whole lyric is really um the, the, the idea is clear about about sort of you know moving through these these struggles or or, or the, the risk of getting left behind so to speak and but it's it, it's actually you've actually injected a lot of really interesting interesting imagery into it yeah, as well a lot right. of visual language like washing away with the rain and um and, my favorite and, uh, is uh broken dreams sewn at the seams i was just gonna say broken dreams the the seams. beautiful at, at the rhyme like dreams Scenes, yeah. the, the internal rhyme thing going on there really really crafty and and poetic and um and and, and compelling and and you never but you don't you know the, the, the that's i don't say it's always the risk but it's sometimes the risk when you get too you know poetic and image driven you kind of lose the the point of the song like what is it really about um kind of thing but you haven't left you haven't lost that here like it's yeah it's we really we good. do try to find like a good space between um we don't ever want to be like super literal in our tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that the tunes still, that you can still kind of follow what's happening, you know? Yeah. yeah it can get a little too fancy sometimes with certain, certain writers where you're like, you know, <laughs> the Beatles at times who are the best, you know, like sometimes <laughs> what, what is this about? Like, where, where are we in this yeah, thing? Yeah. You know? Uh, but as long as as long as it sings well, you're yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's really the best thing, right? <laughs> One really nice detail is is in the verse on the uh, three four, fifth line is you sort of change up the rhythm. So it's da 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 da, da which is really nice because it breaks up. You have you know fairly uh, you have sort of more blocky lines of the first bits of the uh, of the verse, but then you have the da 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 that kind of breaks it up. Which yeah. I really like doing, which which is easy to kind of go ah, but it's very hard to actually find words that fit into those <laughs> rhythms sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to do that with like kind of a lilt is probably the wrong word, but like kind of a yeah, fitting yeah, yeah. like you know we wanted a swampy vibe, so kind of having a a, a melodic line that kind of yeah follows that. <laughs> 
really- and, and here, here's the interesting detail. I don't know if this was on purpose, but like the first verse, a hazy hollow round your mind. It's fairly, there's a lot of softer consonants in there, hazy, hollow, round. But then when you get to each sign of broken light, that you end up back in line. Like there's a, there's more harder consonants and, and that melody is a lot punchier. It's not as smooth and, and kind of, you know, um, well, yeah, smooth and legato as, as the other one, right? And I don't know, you know, I, I, is that on purpose? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to take claim for that. It, it's possible it was something in my brain when I wrote yeah. it, but I, I yeah. don't remember. <laughs> it's, good. it's really good. With the, with the phrasing, like what Meg does and, and what we try to do in general with the, this the the writing is uh, i heard it uh, the analogy of just rolling an egg that's how it should always feel like mm. whereas rolling a tire would be a perfect but rolling an egg would be like off you know it's mm. like it's a little bit, fast, little bit all blonde fast, yeah right? so that's oh, kind of great broken like it's coming around but it's not coming around in time right yeah we love that sound like that yeah, that's which is which is a great way to look at it yeah sort yeah, of yeah yeah it gives it gives a verse a push yeah. And interesting that the chorus is four lines, but almost everything else in the song is longer. There's, there's a really, there's a real clear delineation between verse, pre-chorus and chorus. Yes. Like, yeah. It's, it's tremendous. And a pre-chorus has got, it's, yeah, it's got a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, but but the way it leads into the chorus is really great because again you're you're it's not just one melody structure throughout the pre-chorus it's 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 the same melody structure for the first few lines and then you start drawing things out and really building up building up building up the tension 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 and then you drop in the chorus it's 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 classic kind of thing but it works right there's a reason why it's tried and true but it totally works and it's you know it it just it just builds the song beautifully did you have challenges working with um uh or finding a, the right producer because you have a very specific uh you know sort of a style that's you know maybe not as common as as maybe it once was did you have trouble finding someone who could sort of work with that yeah we um renan we re met renan in uh, what, 2019 2018 20, it must have been 2018 yeah okay. so uh samantha martin uh who's a i don't know if you guys know sam martin and delta sugar great band uh, she had seen uh, our band. So again, there's this, there's these competitions they have in the blues community called the Road to Memphis. Mm. Basically, it's a it's a bit strange uh, in that any not that they're the great great events, but that any competition for music is a little bit you know comparing apples and oranges. But um, so we did this event, and, and Sam was one of the judges, and she was working with uh, her partner uh, Renan, uh, who runs Gypsy Souls Records, and. Um, uh, he, uh, yeah, he, she's like, I'd love to produce this band. I think I get what you're doing. He was a fan of some of the same bands that we were fans of. Um, and yeah, he took us on and uh, along with Darcy Yates from uh, from the Bahamas, the bass player from the Bahamas, great musician as well. Um, and so they co-produced our first record. And then uh, for the second record, they, um, uh, it was just Renan, uh, uh, just, we just uh, signed up for a second second record with him. And yeah, he definitely uh, is aligned with our vision in terms of like, we, we like the same artists. We like Tedeschi Trucks and Marcus King and, and the Allman Brothers and uh, Sharon Jones and these kind of artists. So like, yeah, he was, he was, he was great uh, and greatly aligned with what we were looking for. Thanks. 
Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really amazing when you can find a producer that gets you and, and speaks the same musical yeah. language. What a, what a, what a great song, and lots of bits to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been listening to the rest of your stuff on Spotify. Really, really great stuff. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, I, I think. Um, Handling yeah. Okay. I'm I'm hearing the band in the background there, so that means that is all the time we have on Song Talk Radio tonight. Special thanks to uh, Bywater Call, uh, Megan and Dave. Uh, where can our listeners find out uh, more about uh, Bywater Call? Uh, Bywatercall.com. Uh, you can find out everything you need to know about us on there, and we're on um, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Spotify. Um, I think. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and uh, we want to hear from you, our listeners, so please send us your comments on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Songtalk Radio, or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes. Subscribe today to the Songtalk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider, and don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter. You can find uh, links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on the show at our resources page on the website. And wherever you are in the world, please join us online via Zoom at our next monthly Song Talk Meetup. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup, bring a song and a lyric sheet, and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neilmodi.com. You can follow Phil at philemory.ca. And uh, Megan and Dave, Bywater Call, what's, what's your favorite social media channel? Where do you guys go the most? Instagram and Facebook. You're pretty up to date there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and keep on writing. Good night, everyone. Good night.